everything is a lie. I remember five, six years ago, the uh, Financial Times wanted to make the point that there's so many silver. They said it was a five trillion dollar silver market. And then everybody's like, what are you talking about? And they were talking about the derivatives. How many derivatives are traded? I mean, over 500 billion derivative ounces are traded every year. And that's crazy. Hey, friends, Sean from SGT Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was Bix Weir. And this one is all about the silver riggers and the fact that the banksters are at war with humanity. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Have you guys taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything looks fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding nothing but a mess of broken wires and parts. Debt is hitting a record high. It's really scary when you stop and think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. The money printing is never going to end. And Noble Gold Investments is like a friend who knows about keeping money safe. And they suggest gold and silver. Now keep in mind, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee, but they do have a sweet deal, a free one quarter ounce gold standard gold coin this month if you qualify. If you're curious, just give them a call right now at 877-646-5347 and tell them SGT Report sent you. It's just a chat, no pressure, but they'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com and take the first step toward a safer financial future. 877-646-5347. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in at Sean from SGT Report. And I am delighted as always to have back on the line my longtime friend, my good friend, Bix Weir, you know the website Road to Ruta, as we stumble past $34 trillion in stated U.S. national debt with more than $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I wanted to start with this data point from Robert Breedlove. In fact, I was looking for a soundbite from Bitcoiner, Robert Breedlove, who has done the work, just like Michael Saylor, the MIT graduate who graduated in the top 1% of his class at MIT, has gone all in on Bitcoin. And I wanted to find a soundbite from Robert Breedlove about the hazards of money printing. And what I found is this chart, and I decided to share this instead. Do you guys see a problem with this chart? The money printing year over year over year. Run the compounded return, guys, on this type of growth every single year. 7%, 5%, 13%, 13%, 10%. Just imagine what they've done to debase your earning power, to debase the currency, the money, the energy in your wallet. You exchange your time, your labor, and your energy for their fiat dollars, and they're destroying your purchasing power. Did you all also know that half of U.S. tenants right now can't afford to pay their rent? Friends, we are hitting the point of no return, and I'm so glad to have back on the line silver expert, precious metals expert, banking rigging expert, Bix Weir, Road Deruta. How are you, Bix? Welcome back. <laughs> hey, son. Thank you. Yeah. It, what do we go back like 14 years now? This debt clock thing was completely different back then compared to what it is now. Yeah. You know what? I just heard that under Bill Clinton's presidency, the national debt stood at $5 trillion. And according to the GAO, the General Accounting Office, at the rate that the debt was being paid down then, the debt would have been completely paid off within five to seven years. Now, here we sit at $34 trillion. And the point of no return, Bix. 
Well, I, I would say that was a lie. Clinton, what Clinton did, what he was good at is changing the metrics of what inflation is, changing the metrics of what counts as debt. He, he started counting during the Clinton administration. They started counting Social Security uh, payments that they take out of our check. He started counting that as revenue for the government. Not, you know, it's like they book the revenue, but they don't book the IOU. So, of course, everything changed. It was it, everything was a complete lie under Clinton, just like it's a complete lie under every president since and before. But our big problem now is we live in a world of lies. The national debt isn't 34 trillion. It's probably 500 trillion. Nobody knows what it is anymore because they've completely lost control of all of it. Yeah. And let me ask you about that, too. How in the world? When our nation is in so much debt and the entire globe is waking up to the fact that uh, this government has lost all credibility and the only thing it has left is to wield its military power to get its demands met across the globe and people are starting to revolt. How in the world could it even be when we sit in $34 trillion of stated debt and the whole world knows it, how could it be that this puppet president continues to start new wars upon new wars. Now he wants to go to war with Yemen and people like Zionists, Nikki Haley and Lindsey Graham are screaming for war against Iran. I mean, are these people out of their minds, Bix, or is this just what end of empire looks like? I don't believe that these people are actually in charge. I I believe there is a a play going on, something for the people to watch to show you just how bad it could have been had they been in charge. I don't believe in in any scenario that uh, the Biden administration was sworn in. As a matter of fact, I saw him swear in five minutes before 12 noon, which is not constitutionally swearing in. So, I mean, there's just so many things about what they're doing now that, of course, it doesn't make sense. Of course, this is not the way the United States should go. But it is a glimpse of where it would have gone. And if we believe that the Biden administration is actually there and doing, you know, in charge and Joe Biden is making the call on anything, then, yeah, we should be scared. If if you know that it's actually not happening like that, um, then, you know, it's a play for everybody else to see just how far they can take it. I, I would not discount any thought of nuclear war being on the table very fast before the election. With the United States and Russia and China, um, that's what's on the table. And that, that I think that's what we're being shown, how bad it could be before everything is revealed. And it's going to get revealed with the crashing of the banking system and the expose, exposition and, and revealing of all the pedophile uh, atrocities that have gone on, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's all coming out. Just think about where you and I began more than 10 years ago having these conversations. Think how the popular zeitgeist has changed to the point where people are talking about human trafficking, child sex trafficking, Epstein Island, the Clintons coming to the aid of Laura Silsby in Haiti after the earthquake, where she was caught at the border by Haitian police trying to traffic out 33 children. And who came to her aid? The Clintons. Think about the fact that 85,000 children have vanished coming over that U.S. border because of Biden's policies, which are pro-human trafficking. Just think about how the conversation has changed in just the past 10 years, Bix, as people wake up. These demon creatures who control our world, they can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Once people are awake, they're awake, man, which I think explains what we're seeing in France right now. 
These farmers have taken control of the country because they're fed up with Klaus Schwab, who, by the way, I have a soundbite I want to play about in one second from Archbishop Pagano warning about Klaus Schwab's global coup. The world's waking up, Bix. It's very exciting. I would change the phraseology there. I, I wouldn't say after 10 years of not seeing it, we saw it 10 years ago. And that was the thing. The people were waking up 10 years ago, and then all of a sudden the mass censorship got kicked in. Nobody could talk about this stuff anymore. I mean, I was all over Pizzagate day one, and so were you. We were all over what was going on with the pedophiles and and all these things we couldn't talk about anymore. So it's been 10 years of silence that we've forgotten that we were there. We were back. We were like on, on the doorstep of breaking this thing open back, uh, what, 2010, 2011, 2012, up to the, the Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton Trump election. I mean, we were there and all of a sudden the media and the the mainly the legal system let us down, but the media, the the social media, everything got language got banned. So now with Twitter in the hands of uh, Elon Musk, it's all happening on Twitter now. If you've noticed, you can talk about Pizzagate again. You could talk about the fact this is going to scare everybody that John Podesta has just been appointed the the czar of uh the green energy. I saw that. I tweeted last night, just when you think the Biden administration couldn't stoop any further, they put this guy in charge. Are you kidding me? He was already in charge. Did you know of like $700 billion in funding based on whatever COVID bailout there was or something? And this man who Breitbart called a world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable drags was spot on. Breitbart knew the truth and they whacked him just like they whacked Seth Rich. And now this criminal administration has put him in charge over the climate crisis. <laughs> My God, it's also transparent picks. And in the uh, in the Podesta emails that were released, um, that's what Podesta said. It, he said, we're going to find out whoever leaked these emails and we're going to make an example of them. And then Seth Rich is dead. And, and I mean, the. The reality versus what we're told is night and day. And I don't I don't think that we're waking up after 10 years. I think it's time for everybody else who didn't wasn't involved 10 years ago. It's time for them to get on board and it's going to happen really fast. And I think it is happening fast with all the revelations about Epstein and J.P. Morgan and their board being involved in that and the almost billion or million dollars in cash every year he was pulling out of the bank. I mean, go try to take 10 grand out of the bank right now and they won't give it to you. Mm-hmm. You have to fill out all these forms. Epstein was pulling out 800,000 to a million bucks a year for a decade. Only through JP Morgan. JP Morgan Chase, Jamie Demon as the girls used to call Jamie Diamond was knee deep in this thing along with the board of directors of JP Morgan and five or six, maybe 10 of the senior management of JP Morgan was in on all the things that Epstein was doing, child trafficking, child abuse, ritual child abuse. And it is shocking that this entity, J.P. Morgan Chase, is still living and breathing and sucking the the wealth out of humanity. And I think that is going to be the ultimate end of the unbacked fiat monetary system, the, the destruction of the entity known as J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, So we're going to turn our attention to some of your latest missives. 
Uh, I get them via email blast and you do such a good job. Uh, I just want to read four recent missives as regional bank stocks are crashing again. So here's what you sent out on January 26th. Alert, the planners of the great taking are going to fail after the banks crash. Now, the great taking we talked about, Seed and Company, their plan to seize everyone's stocks they essentially already have. The stocks you think you own, guys, they're not held in your name anymore. See, a lot of folks like to criticize Bitcoin. A lot of folks like to criticize gold and silver. A lot of folks like to criticize that which they don't understand. You can actually take custody of your gold and silver in physical form. Did you know that? You should probably look into it as opposed to trusting ETFs. The same is true with Bitcoin. You can take custody of your Bitcoin in cold storage because I'm here to tell you guys, there are only a few tangible assets left on planet Earth that y'all can get your hands on before it's too late. And I think silver is still the most undervalued tangible asset on planet Earth, Bix. So that's just one missive, January 26. You want to comment on that before I read the three others? Well, that that had to do with, we will have a choice to make. There are good guys out there working and fighting the bad guys. So the, the great taking was about the contractual signing over of almost pretty much 99.9% of every asset that has been uh, touched by a bank or a contract they all end up at at the DTCC and Seed and Company. We've we've talked about that many times, but when the banks fall apart and all electronic assets are destroyed, when that happens, we will have a choice, and we need to turn. We we will think we need to turn to somebody to help us, and that's the Klaus Schwabs want to be the one that says you know you'll own nothing and like it. That is not necessarily our future. If we stand up and say. Screw you, uh, DTCC. Screw you, World Bank and the WEF and the Federal Reserve and all that. If we do that, there is hope. Now we will have. It'll take a lot of work to go through all those assets, theoretical assets, uh, the, the at least the paperwork for them, and reassign them to humanity. That's going to be a huge challenge. And as a matter of fact, my friend Jenny Moonstone and I talked about just that. She saw that happening. And I'm like, wow, I, because I was more of a guy, hey, if the if JP Morgan goes down, that's 50 trillion in derivatives that will destroy the entire global financial monetary system. As in, you won't have a checking account, savings account, 401k, any of that. Anything you don't have in your hands, you won't have access to. That's why I'm a gigantic proponent. And, and I think I was one of the first to say, get it in your own possession or you're going to lose it. If you don't have it in your own possession, you're going to lose it. Unfortunately, crypto people don't listen you can get cryptos in your own possession. Put them on a paper wallet. Put them on a Trezor, a hardware wallet. Get them. The FTX people are going to learn a very, very difficult lesson, and a lesson that I learned years ago in Mount Gox. When these assets, when when the companies that hold your assets go bankrupt, you don't get your assets back. And it was just announced that the FTX people will not get their assets back. The, the government and the trustee is going to sell those assets and pay them back in cash. You'll get all your cash back, but you won't get any Bitcoin back, any of your your Ethereum back, or any asset you held in there. You're not going to get those back. The bankruptcy lawyer or judge already ruled on that. Sorry, that's not how it works. You don't get your assets back because you don't own them. What's going to happen is they're going to liquidate them. Bitcoin's gone up 3x since then, since FTX went down at the low. And you're just going to get whatever you had at the low. You're not going to get any appreciation. And oh, by the way, they're going to do a Mount Gox on that FTX thing. So don't expect to see any money for 10 years at a minimum. 
I still haven't got my one Bitcoin out of um, the Mount Gox implosion. It's only worth $400, though. They're only going to give me less than $400 for that one Bitcoin. So I hope everybody learned a really good lesson in, in, you know, if you've been through a banking collapse, if you've been through a crypto collapse, especially if you don't have your assets in your own possession, you don't own them. I don't care how safe your Uncle Joe's retirement fund is. It is not safe. The people who are running it are all going to be bankrupt. Yeah, I want to make one comment on Bitcoin. Then we're going to dig in deep to the silver manipulation and the rigging. Um, and this conversation isn't about the demon rats, but I should just point out that even Elon Musk wonders what the heck is going on here. 150 Democrats just voted against a bill to deport illegals caught drunk driving. Okay. These people are so demonic that it defies belief. But uh, Bitcoin, here's my question for you. I will continue to cover Bitcoin and talk about Bitcoin because I've done the work. Okay, I finally did the work. And had I done the work in 2013, when I first started talking about Bitcoin with people like Andy Hoffman and Brother John F. and Da Vinci. Do you remember Da Vinci and Brother John F.? They were oh, yeah. right, you and I were. Those yeah. guys were early Bitcoin adopters. And I bought a motorcycle. I bought a Triumph motorcycle in 2013, a Triumph Thruxton. I love it. Maybe I'll show a picture of it. And when I ordered that motorcycle in 2013, I had the cognitive thought. It went through my brain, Bix. I might be better off. I should probably spend this money on buying Bitcoin. And I didn't. I bought the motorcycle. The way I look at that motorcycle now is that's about a nine or $10 million motorcycle based on how much Bitcoin I could have bought in 2013. So I will continue to talk about Bitcoin because I finally did the work like MIT scholar Michael Saylor. And I think it's a great hedge. And uh, I know they want to destroy Bitcoin, but up to this point, they've not been able to. So your comments on that, then we're going to move on to silver. Well, I've, I've been, <laughs> I think I've come full circle on Bitcoin um, as far as I don't, I don't think Bitcoin is going to perform as well as a lot of different cryptos. The technology is amazing. Um, I think the problem with Bitcoin in the crash is going to be all these banks that are gobbling up all this Bitcoin are going to have to sell their Bitcoin at that point in time. Um, JP Morgan, for example, is probably one of the biggest Bitcoin holders now of anybody besides the OG guys. Because they've been saying, oh, I'd never, Jamie Dimon, I'd never hire, uh, allow someone to trade Bitcoin. I'd fire them on the spot. And then that ends up, after he said that, they were buying on the dip. So the the big problem that I see, and this is for gold as well, and, and this is just during the crash, when these banks go down, JP Morgan, for example, uh, Citibank, um, HSBC, they have a hell of a lot of Bitcoin and a hell of a lot of gold. They have to sell everything. They are going to have to dump their gold and dump their Bitcoin because it's not enough to cover all their other losses. They're going to have to dump every single uh, liquid asset. So I do see a, a potential crash in Bitcoin and gold for a short term. Silver, none of these banks hold silver. Physical silver is, is I, if there's anything that I've said over these past 25 years, of doing this that it that should stick with you is that physical silver will change your life if you have it in your own possession and that's literally that's the best and only way to survive this collapse Bit, cryptos are going to be great after the collapse but during it one you're not going to know your the price of your bitcoin your ethereum your 
theta, your silver or gold. There'd be no exchanges open. So we're headed into a, a place where we really just kind of think about sitting, setting up a lawn chair on the side of every market and sit it there with your gold or well, with your silver in hand, with your cryptos in a wallet, knowing that you're not going to even touch them for 10 years until the system gets back to something new. Because this is not going to be done overnight. I don't think it'll be 10 years, but I think a good three or four years of pain and suffering is coming real fast. And before we transition into a life without government and, and cryptos are part of that life, gold and silver are part of that life. But, you know, you just look at these numbers on the debt clock and it's like, oh, my God, how is it not? This is not sustainable. As a matter of fact, when you go back to the original Road to Ruta documents, the little comic I got from the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. Ruta writes in the sand a formula on how to get out of the um unbacked fiat system and into a new system and it's a formula from the 60s called on the road to the golden age it said if you want to get to a a gold-backed system when there's all kinds of debt everywhere the best thing you can do is run that debt as high and long and fast as possible soaking up all the benefits from fiat money build your roads your bridges your military and then pull the plug that's where we are now we're at that point where it's then pull the plug so I, I think this year, but you know, who the hell knows? It could happen at any moment. It could happen before, by, between the time we're talking right now and the time you post this on your website, the system might sh- just completely shut down. Mm-hmm. That's how fast it can happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know. And I think we can all feel it. And uh, as you're looking at this debt clock, guys, just tick away adding tens and tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars a minute. I want you to think about silver being capped in the 20s. How could that possibly happen? Silver and gold, especially in physical form, is supposed to provide a ballast against this type of inflation. It is supposed to provide the warning signal, the canary in the coal mine of a hyperinflating or overinflating currency. But it hasn't done that. How is that possible? I want to show you guys this. We're going to probably finish with Archbishop Pagano's warning. But uh, here's what I wanted to show you from our buddy James Anderson over at SD Bullion. I retweeted this. LOL, the $1.3 trillion silver market, because that's what they call it, Bix. They call the silver market a $1.3 trillion market at this point, still bigger than Bitcoin. Here's the problem. The New York spot price of silver on January 31st was $23.32. Under the New York trading hours, though, between 1970 and 2024, because of the manipulation, that price today is 13 cents. But without New York trading, 1970 to 2024, outside of the New York manipulators is $342.72 an ounce. So somewhere in between gets us to 23 bucks with mountains and mountains and mountains of paper, which explains that $1.3 trillion market cap of silver. It's all smoke and mirrors, Bix. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, price is absolutely all smoke and mirrors. But you know what I've found over the years, I've been doing this for a very long time, fighting this fight. I, I got kicked out of the Silver Summit back in 2010 for screaming at the uh, CEOs of mining companies that they're not taking care of their, their only um, commodity, silver. And and they were losing minds. They're having to fire people, destroy towns, destroy lives because they didn't stand up. And it was easy to stand up. I gave them all the tools of market manipulation back then, computers and derivatives. I mapped it all out. It was so easy to do, and they didn't do a thing. So I just I got a little upset, and I, I said, you guys are pathetic. Now uh, there's one silver mining CEO, uh, Keith Newmeyer, who's 
starting to talk about silver price manipulation, but also silver data manipulation. The Silver Institute every year does the seminal study, and it's not a study. They don't even call it a study. It's called the the Silver Survey. And but every single entity from your local coin dealer to MSNBC will quote this thing, and it gives supply and demand of silver for the year. And the numbers are so incredibly wrong. And I've been calling out this for maybe five or six years, but now it's just it's gone off the charts because of what's happening in solar power. In solar power, the amount of silver that is going into the huge um, build of solar power is shocking. Shocking. This year, I'm, it's right around 330 million ounces, which is almost half of what they pull out of the ground just for solar silver. And that doesn't count due to flat screen TVs or your electric cars, which is growing at 35%. So there's massive amounts of silver being consumed. But the Silver Institute is saying that this year, 2023, last year, was only an 8% growth when I know it was over 60% growth. And then they're saying this next year, 2024, they're coming up with 1% growth. This is criminal. This is criminal actions, but they don't call it a study. They call it a survey. And here's how they figure out these numbers. They call up people like a silver, um, a solar manufacturing company and say, hey, how much silver are you using in, in your product? And they don't want the price of silver to go up. They say, oh, we don't use much silver at all. You know, we're taking out about 15% a year. This is all a lie. They'll call up a, a solar um, installation company and say, how many solar panels are you installing and that have the Topcon technology, which is silver mainly? They'll say, oh, no, not at all. And they'll call up uh, guys like Jeffrey Christian and say, what do you see in the solar market? Oh, no, silver's, uh, silver's not going anywhere. The reality of the, the concept is, it, and this blew my mind when I thought about it, we just hit 8 billion people on planet Earth. Of those 8 billion people, 7,999,990,990 don't want the price of silver to go up because it will hurt them. And that means nobody wants their cell phone to be, you know, add an extra 500 bucks because of the silver in there. Nobody wants a flat screen TV that has come down from $10,000 10 years ago down to like, you know, 500 bucks for a nice one to go back up to $10,000. Nobody wants their electric uh, vehicles to cost $300,000 because of the silver content. The problem is because they've been rigging and lying and stealing for so long, all this precious silver is getting misallocated into these assets. We're not going to get any of this silver out of these solar panels. And it's taken up this year, it will be right around 45, 50% of the silver coming out of the ground. It's going right into these solar panels and electric cars, and they, we will never see them because it's too costly to uh, recycle the silver out of those panels. Mm-hmm. It is insane what we are dealing with, but it's, it's one of those things, um, I think Cliff said it best. It was, uh, um, you can deny reality all you want, but you can't deny the consequences of reality. We are about to see some vicious consequences of reality, and that reality was rigging the silver price too low for too long, and now we're going to blink an eye, and we're going to run out of silver at any price. Hey, friends. Apologies for the quick break and a word from our sponsor. 
I'm Andy Stewart, here to tell you about Get More Tank. Get More Tank saves me $150 every month on gas. Get More Tank is a tablet with active ingredients that adds big mileage to every tank. I used to fill up our two cars every week. Not anymore. I'm getting about 50 miles more on every tank. Made in America, this formula is used by trucking companies and heavy industry. Now, we're bringing it to you. Get More Tank works in any gas or diesel engine, cleans your engine, lowers emissions, and I can feel improved engine performance every time I step on the gas. I use Get More Tank on my stalling leaf blower and boom, it works like new. Get More Tank works for cars, trucks, boats, motorcycles, four-wheelers, mowers, and blowers. Hey, if you got an engine, then Get More Tank. A five-pack on sale only at GetMoreTank.com for just $22.22 plus shipping. Use promo code SGT. Get 10% off. Save your money. Save your engine. Save the earth at GetMoreTank.com. EPA registered. Doesn't void warranties results vary well let's examine this chart just a bit further too because uh it really triggers the memories that have gone down memory hole to some extent because right here you and i we were compatriots back in the day what year was this when silver hit that 48 49 high it was approaching the all-time high of 50 and it was a sunday night when these criminal bankers crashed the price six dollars per ounce in a flash it was the first of many flash crashes to come and the point i want to make is this for all of the listeners including me and bex who have been hurt who have been injured financially by this manipulation and this criminality for which there is never comeuppance there's never an end to it there's never perp walks it's never going to stop until this system collapses i empathize with everybody listening who has been victimized by this because you dear listener your experience is this red line. Now, it would be naive. It's for the us, black line. Well, well, true. But listen, it would be naive for us to think for a minute that these criminal bankers are not profiting from the black line going down in the blue line going up. And it's absolutely disgusting. And that's what makes silver the most undervalued tangible asset on planet Earth. Twenty three dollars an ounce in the year 2024. It's funny, man. Bitcoin's at forty three thousand. Silver can't even get to $43. Yep. Uh, so the, the the growth and spike to uh, $50 back in 2011 to match the 1980 high, uh, that was orchestrated by J.P. Morgan when they took over the uh, silver short position from Bear Stearns. Um, I, I documented it as it was happening. They put a guy named Bill Daly as Obama's chief of staff to make sure it was done properly. He came in in January of 2011 they drove the price all the way up past $30 and past $40 up to $49.95. And then on May 1st, 2011, they slammed the price down, which started the artificial bear market we're still in now. And then the year, one year later, exactly one year later in um, January of 2012, Bill Daly stepped down as Obama's chief of staff. The price of silver went back to $22. And it was a mission accomplished for, I called it Operation Silver Slam. That is what we're dealing with. The, the price of silver is not real. It has been rigged for over 170 years since the opium wars. And I think we are closer than we have ever been to uh, taking these assholes out. I think uh, China is absolutely on the side of the uh, destroying the silver cabal. They are putting in, they will put in this year over 500 gigawatts of solar power which i mean they doubled the world production last year and they are going to do it because the west told them hey you're too dirty 
you need to put in solar power everywhere. They said, fine, we'll do that, and we'll destroy the silver riggers on the way. So, yeah, it is it is happening right now. It isn't just, you know, the, the little investor against everybody else. There are people in the world looking to take out the Western banking cabal, and it, it's pretty easy to do in the silver market. You'd think it would be easier to do than it has been, though, because Wall Street Silver got involved. I mean, you saw what they did to GameStop. These people have the power to move stocks higher and to make the shorts cover or panic sell. What's insidious about the silver market is that J.P. Morgan has carte blanche from the powers that ought not be. J.P. Morgan is the powers that ought not be to throw whatever it takes at this market to make sure silver never goes to $340 an ounce. Yeah, well, those are very much two different things. Wall Street Silver was a couple guys, and then it got people onto that. It wasn't really the people, uh, the Wall Street Bets guys who were going after GameStop and those. Wall Street Bets, that's right. Okay. Right. Did you see the movie? They just made an entertaining yeah, yeah. Movie about that whole thing. That was pretty good. And, and But it also shows you uh, they'll let people win for a bit, and then they'll they'll shut you down. Nobody went to jail for that, by the way, as far as I know. Um on the banking side, on the you know the the uh, hedge fund going short side, Citadel's still massive out. They're all still massive out there, um, and then they got out of their short position. The problem with silver, obviously, was that it wasn't a, a share of stock that they were short. It was comics derivatives that you can do unlimited amounts of silver. J.P. Morgan can put you know a, a trillion silver contracts down and in, in not even blink an eye doesn't matter if there's not even close to that amount of silver the the whole thought that you can squeeze the silver market on the comics is impossible just look what happened to the hunt brothers they just changed oh, right, the right, right 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 oh i just thought of a parallel though i'm sorry to interrupt there's a parallel here between these two stories because when the hunt brothers took the ire of the international bankers and they changed the game overnight. The Hunt brothers got killed, literally bankrupted because they changed the rules. They changed the rules that one could only sell. You could no longer go long silver. You could only sell, therefore crashing the price. That's exactly how the bankers and Robinhood specifically working with these hedge funds stopped the GameStop bleeding. Robinhood made it so that you could only sell. You could no longer buy GameStop stock. Very similar. It's very similar, and I mean that's where I learned <laughs> to not allow the bankers to get at your position. That's why I've been screaming for over 20 years. If you don't have your assets in your own possession, if there's any third party between you and your assets, it will be gone. It will be taken from you, and that's the, the Hunt brothers' problem. They, they did the right thing in buying. They had about 100 million ounces of physical silver that they had in their possession. The, the problem is they got greedy. And they went long on the comics, 110 million ounces. That's when they got destroyed because the comics is the, the game of the bankers. So the bankers shut them down. They used leverage. So they went in. They took all their silver. Um, kind of like uh, when they took Warren Buffett's. Warren Buffett had about 130 million ounces of silver in the late 90s. And they went in. The banksters went in and said, OK, you either give us that silver or we're going to throw you in jail for misdiscretions at a company called General Re that they were investigating. Um, so Buffett basically gave up the silver, and then the bankers used that silver to create uh, SLV, uh, which is the BlackRock silver ETF. So, yeah, you don't want to mess in their game. Let them play their game. You want to grab your assets and get out of the system, and then they'll have to come at you with with guns and, you know, they'll have to knock on your front door, which is a, a much better thing than having them just take it and say, screw you. 
Yeah. So you're saying let them play their criminal games that allow you to keep stacking physical silver at 23, an artificially low price of the 20s, right? We can just, we've established that $20, anywhere in the 20s or 30s is a steal. I don't think silver has ever been lower in price in human history, has it? Than right now, when priced in all these inflated dollars, 34 trillion in debt, but silver (laughs) is trading less than half its all time high in 1980. I mean, give me a break, man. So yeah, you keep stacking while you can. <laughs> Let these people play their criminal games. It, it, it is funny when you think about all the, not only the forms of money that have been made in the U.S., but it's around the world. I mean, silver is a global market. And not only do we have you know paper money, but there's electronic money. There's stocks, there's bonds, there's derivatives. The amount of, of financial assets on the planet compared to the amount of physical silver available I mean, you can you can just take your draw your jaw and drop it to the floor because when you think about the silver market, there's maybe maybe two billion ounces that can be bought right now, maybe. But that's what in all investors hold. There's no you're either an industrial user of metal or you're an investor. There's nothing in between. There's no stockpiles waiting for the industrials to to uh, demand the silver. That's just ridiculous. We saw that last year when they probably pulled out a half a billion ounces out of uh, the Comex warehouses, and yet the price of silver didn't go up. What investor would give up their silver if they're not going to make you – know, why would they have their silver if they didn't want to make money from it? So the whole concept of, oh, we're not going to run out of silver because there's all this stockpiles, 2 billion ounces. Well, look at 2 billion ounces now. What's that worth? 23 bucks an ounce, you're looking at you know $46 billion to buy every single ounce of silver on the planet. That's right. Right. There's, That's exactly so our many point, people right? can do that. Well, and right. Just, so even if there is 2 billion ounces of silver that's gettable on planet Earth, I'm dubious of that number since they're only mining between 700 to 800 million ounces out of the Earth globally per year. But let's say there's 2 billion ounces that somebody could get their hands on right now today. 2 billion times 25, and it's not even $25 silver, but we'll round up, is $50 billion. And they call it a $1.3 trillion market. See, this is our point. We're going to keep beating this dead horse because it is the opportunity of a lifetime if and when the system ever corrects itself, Bix. Everything is a lie. I remember five, six years ago, the uh, Financial Times wrote an article about silver. They rarely, financial uh, news media rarely talks about silver. It's it's the thing you're not allowed to talk about. But they talked about silver and, and wanted to make the point that there's so much silver. They said it was a $5 trillion silver market. And then everybody's like, what are you talking about? And they were talking about the derivatives. How many derivatives are traded? I mean, over 500 billion derivative ounces are traded every year. And that's crazy. Considering you, you said there's seven or eight hundred million ounces that get mined every year, but they're they're not available right now. The the Silver Institute's latest uh, update, which came from Metals Focus, said over that the mining amount is going to be consumed next year. So it's like okay, they pull out eight hundred, but in the industrial side and silverware and stuff like that, not counting investment, they're going to use more than eight hundred. So we're getting to that point where it's just so freaking ridiculous, but nobody in America or around the world, you guys listening to this, who don't have any silver, you're going to be buying silver. It's just going to be at 800, 900, a thousand bucks an ounce when this thing falls apart. Nobody wants to buy when things are low. 
I was screaming for people to buy Bitcoin at a hundred bucks a Bitcoin. I'm like, oh my God, look at this stuff. And nobody would do it. And then you know, people telling me, oh, Bix, I, I'm pissed at you because you told me to buy Bitcoin at $60,000. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what, where were you in the beginning? And and it just, it it pisses me off. But at the same time, yeah, $60,000 Bitcoin, you're going to be great in the long run because it's not stopping the printing of money. They're creating, they're going to create, try to create CBDCs, which is on top of what they already have. So it's just more monetary. I don't know. I, I, people call it magic. I don't call it magic. It's it's the ability to click a, a computer zero. You know, the difference between $100 billion and a trillion dollars now is just one little click of a zero. And and that's created at the Fed or at the World Bank or the Treasury or the, or in China or in Russia or in Germany or Argentina or Zimbabwe. It's a joke. We are comparing real things, real necessary assets like silver and gold, but there's just so much gold out there. That's a different story. But silver and Bitcoin, because there's only going to be 21 million of them. Yeah, the bankers are going to sell theirs, but when the bankers dump and they're required to dump, that's going to be the best time to buy your Bitcoin if you're looking for a spot to buy. And But where would you get it? No exchanges would be open if the banks are closed. It's just you go round and round, and the only way to save yourself, the only way to mentally survive what we're going to go through is to have your assets in your own possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been saying that for a very long time. And uh, just two more questions for you, and I'll let you go. But uh, as we look at this chart, and uh, you, of course, you remember the cookie monster from Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. Little, little blue guy. Loves cookies, steal the cookies, do whatever he can to get the cookies. That's Wall Street when it comes to silver. So we'll look at the black line here. And uh, because of their shorts and their mechanisms for capping the price of silver, they've driven silver down with the New York trading to 13 cents. Meanwhile, on overseas, it should be at 342. So we can extrapolate that in an honest free market system, silver should be somewhere in the mid 200s, maybe as high as 400, maybe a lot higher. I don't know. But my question is this, if they have manipulated the price down to 13 cents via their games in the New York markets, are we close to an end or could they theoretically take it negative like they did with oil a few years ago? Well, they they don't really care about the price. They don't care about price. They care about control. But when you're looking at price, I, I stopped looking at price a long time ago because I know they control it. Now that started in, uh, we went off the silver, pseudo silver standard in 65, um, went off the gold standard in 33. The gold silver ratio was always set by the availability of above ground stocks. So it was 12 to one or 16 to one. Right now they're pulling out of the ground silver at seven to one, seven ounces of silver to one ounce of gold. Of those seven ounces, well, (laughs) up until now, at least 90% of that is not going into staying above ground. It's being consumed in industrial. So I I don't look at price anymore. When I want to know what's a good time to sell gold and silver, it will be closer to one-to-one ratio with gold and silver. And I do think gold is undervalued, even though I think there's a lot of it. There's a lot more monetary instruments. I think gold will go to ten, twenty thousand $20,000. But I would never sell my silver until it hit a one-to-one ratio with gold because that's how much is left. And and it might even go one to 10 where 10 ounces of gold get you one ounce of silver because silver is so much more important than gold. I mean, gold, you dig it out of the ground and you stick it back in the vault. Silver, you dig it out of the ground and you consume it. 
You put it in flat screen TVs and solar panels and you save the earth by getting electric cars, all the shit that they're using it for now. We are going to see a dramatic change from the 90 to one gold silver ratio that it is right now. All right. Final question for you. And then we'll play a statement from Archbishop Vagano, who's warning about this global coup at the hands of uh, Klaus Schwab. Here's my question for you. In your missive from January 31st, you mentioned Ted Butler and said, it looks like good guys are going long silver on the comics to the tune of, was it 1 million ounces? Can you give us an update on this? Because we are looking for some uh, cup half full good news if we can find it. <laughs> sure. Ted, Ted's the, if you want to analyze by the book, by the, the rules, uh, what's going on in the comic silver market, Ted's the guy to talk to. But he has noticed over the past six weeks, there are these little traders who are having to report that they have their position in silver has grown. There's 29 of them, and each one of them owns over a million ounces of silver long. So these aren't traders. They aren't the commercial traders. They're not the, uh, the tech traders. These are... Uh, they were non-reportable, but now they're reportable. And it, it comes to about 30 million ounces. Now, 30 million ounces in physical form, it's a lot of silver, but you know, considering they, they trade, uh, what, uh, 300 million every day on the comics, it, it's not going to make a financial difference unless they're taking delivery. And they can do it two ways on the comics. One is take delivery via comics contract. You just stand for delivery. The problem is that's what the Hunt brothers were doing. That's what uh, uh, Warren Buffett was doing, and they'll take you out. The other way to do it is to uh, exercise what they called a exchange for physical. It's an EFP, and an EFP says, okay, I have a con Comex contract. I want to transfer it over to the LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association, for delivery. And we're seeing over a billion ounces every year going through that route because – not that the LBMA is any better than the, the comics, but it's just the LBMA is an association. It's not uh, an open place. The, the price of silver is not um, determined on the LBMA. The only place the price of silver is determined right now is on the comics, the futures and options market. So very interesting that that data came through and Ted's like, I don't know what it means yet, but it keeps going this way. Like it's 29 different traders. I it, To me, it sounds like the good guys. It sounds like the good guys are going to make their move because you can't have just one. They'll take you out. If you have 29 different traders doing the same thing on a small scale, you're going to win. Just seems to uh, those of us paying attention that uh, the time is nigh. The time is right now for a group like Wall Street Bets, but maybe more well-heeled than them to go all in and corner the silver market because I think these guys are trapped. They're trapped by mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of derivatives paper which I think hopefully will be the final nail in their own coffins at some point, because uh, this charade can't go on forever. And neither can this charade. The charade by the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and the World Health Organization to ensnare humanity in a plantation from which we will never escape their plantation, their lockdown Great Reset plantation, where they say you'll own nothing and you'll be so darn happy that you'll just be tickled to live in your eight by eight cell, which to me sounds a lot like a prison cell. So Archbishop Vagano is warning that the World Economic Forum threat is the single greatest threat to humanity. They want to carry out their Great Reset under their fourth industrial revolution, and it is a global coup d'etat. Those who do not adapt to this fourth industrial revolution will find themselves 
ousted and we lose. They will lose everything, including their freedom. In short, Klaus Schwab is threatening the head of government of the 20 most industrialized nations in the world to carry out the programmatic points of the Great Reset in their nation. This goes far beyond the pandemic. It is a global coup d'etat against which it is essential that people rise up and that the still healthy organ of state start an international juridical process. The threat is imminent and serious. Since the World Economic Forum is capable of carrying out its subversive project, and those who govern nations have all become either enslaved or blackmailed by this international mafia. It is an international mafia, and the threat is clear and present, guys. And uh, thank God for men of Christ. Really, truly, thank God for men of faith like Archbishop Vagano sounding the warning. Bix, you'll remember that that man wrote a letter to our former president, really our current president, Donald J. Trump, warning him about what he called the children of darkness. That's who these people are, Klaus Schwab, the Rothschilds. And by the way, I will add to the mix, not just Bill Gates, but people like John Kerry, who just quit being replaced by John Podesta. They're all in on it, and they are all demon vipers, demon creatures, Bix. Yeah, well, I I will always have a problem with um, agreeing to um, edicts by the church. Um, I am a very spiritual person. Uh, but I've seen the evils that the, the, the organized church has done. Well, by and, the way, though, he's been essentially excommunicated for telling the truth, if that makes you feel any better. Take off the robe then, you know? Um, it's not really the, the form to get into it, but, I mean, when you when you do any kind of halfway deep digging, especially in, in child trafficking and in child abuse, um, I live I live half a mile from one of the worst places uh, that the church has been abusing children still is. They've been busted many times, and it's still going on. Um, and I, I just they condone it. And even though a lot has been exposed, the real deep dark stuff has not yet. And I, I think all religions are going to fold when that deep dark stuff comes out with the revelations of what these people were doing to children. But let's focus on the message instead of the messenger. Everything that that man has said in the past few years that I've been following him sounds like something I would say. Sounds like something Alex Jones would say. Sounds like something you would say as you warn people to the threat as our republic falls from within. He's warned about the children of darkness. And in this case, he's warning about a global mafia that is in the process of attempting a global coup. So we really need to wake up and resist. And I think at the end of the day, the best way to resist is do not comply with any tyranny whatsoever that comes at us, Bix. A little bit like Texas is not complying with the tyranny coming from SCOTUS, which is clearly hijacked or blackmailed at this point. It's funny because this all comes back to our first discussion we had 14 years ago, and, and you titled it uh, After the Crash. And and it was a three-part series, I remember. And it was like one of the first interviews I ever did. And that was always the the message. Um, the shit is going to fall apart. It is going to crash. But the solutions about what we're going to do about it is up to us. 
I'm not going to go to Klaus Schwab or the Fed or the the BIS or anybody, at least I won't, and say, help me, Mr. Globalist. I'm not. And uh, I don't think a lot of people are, especially when the hatred kicks in. And I mean, you look at all the Democrats. Do you hate uh, the Biden administration? Yes. Or, or <laughs> the Republicans. Do you hate the Biden administration? Yes. And the, the Democrats, do you hate the Republican administration? Yes. Um, how about hate, hating the, the people who put that system together? The the bankers and the controllers of the media and, and the social media uh, conglomerates. Those are the people who are going to get the hatred next. Because I think there is a lot of truths that are coming out right now. And there will be more and more. Um, I, I don't hold out much hope for the United States of America to stay uh, – the same kind of republic as it was because it, we lost our republic many, many, many years ago, maybe even from the beginning. Um, but we can, we can build back something and it just takes truth and honesty. And, and you can't have truth and honesty these days with a corrupt government, a corrupt uh, legal system, corrupt education system, a, a corrupt money system. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I have all the hope and, and, um, excitement about the future but i know the future is going to crash going to come in a crash bang and not you know smoothly a, a safe landing as the biden administration is like telling us this is going to happen well last comment and it's this everything is so hopelessly corrupt in our country and it's so sad to watch all of the systems in which we had at least some measure of confidence for so many years just fall away like so much sand through your hands, right? It's just bizarre to watch it all melt away. And the monetary system has lost all credibility. The Federal Reserve has lost all credibility. The FDA, the FCC, the CDC, the EPA, they've all lost all credibility. The IRS is a total joke. And that's the good news is that when an empire begins to crumble and the people wake up, you do stand a chance to build something better out of the ashes. But you know, and I know that the powers that ought not be, they like to cause chaos, order out of chaos, and they want us to rebuild something far worse for ourselves, which would be the great reset, the reset. And in the reset, we all become slaves where our currency is debased to maybe one tenth or less, maybe one one hundredth of what it is today. And then they say, good luck starting over, slave. Now you live on our plantation. That's what they want, Bix. And everybody listening had better resist to their very souls, to the last fiber of their being. Because if they get us on that plantation, there will be no escape for our progeny. Yeah, I remember when uh, the banks were crashing in 2008 and um, there was all those protests on Wall Street. I was going to have tattooed on my hand, um, black, just a no, N-O. So when anybody asked me anything, I was just going to hold up my hand. I didn't even have to say it. The answer is no. If you want to bail out, the answer is no. If you want to... Do, do you want us to print you more money? The answer is no. Do you want to put your kids in indoctrination school? The answer is no. And I think I, I see a revolution if everybody takes a Sharpie and writes on their hand no. And anytime the government asks you anything, just say no. I think that's right. Do not comply and just say no to any of their tyrannical mandates, which is exactly what the farmers in France and Belgium and Germany are doing right now. Because the best way to resist a tyrant is to punch him in the nose, politically speaking. Okay, so the debt clock. One last word I just want to say. I showed the Bitcoin white paper when Bix was talking about Bitcoin. It is an elegant eight pages long. 
and it has changed the world, at least until now. Remember, one of the first guys who bought Bitcoin sold 10,000 Bitcoin for two pizzas. Those 10,000 Bitcoin are now worth $430 million. So he spent more on those pizzas than I did on my motorcycle, Bix. But uh, the last word I would just say is that if anybody wants to do the work on Bitcoin, read the white paper. But maybe more importantly, listen to Michael Saylor, the MIT scholar, Robert Breedlove, who I also hold in high esteem, and Parker Lewis, who did an excellent speech, a must-hear speech called Bitcoin is not a hedge. I will try to remember to link three pieces of information from those three people I just mentioned below so y'all can at least begin to do your own work if you care to do that. Bix, I'll give you the final word and, of course, tell people how they can get your awesome newsletter. Well, when you were talking about um, not going doing things violently, um, we might come to a point where we were forced into violence. And it was Thomas Jefferson that said, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Um, we might be coming there. But, but, the, but that's the question. Who would be fighting whom? I don't hate my Democrat friends, and they don't hate me, but we pretty much both hate our government. So that's where I think the patriots and tyrants, us being the patriots, we the people being the patriots, and the tyrants being the people who run our our government, our banks, our uh, even our our schooling system. Although I, I think they're just more you know, brainwashed in that area. Anyway, um, I would uh, beg you. What I beg you, I would beg you to. I'm going to beg you to beseech, watch. Uh, beseech yeah. them. No, I I beg you to go to roadtoruin.com, put your name in as a um, you get free email updates because I I try to show people what how to get your assets out of the old system and so that you will have something at least anything after this system goes haywire and so I I don't have a problem begging you to do that because I know it'll be so beneficial for you it's free just put your name and email address on the side and I'll I'll send you emails. Um, but it's so important to get your assets out of the system right now. You know, it gets a little frustrating, doesn't it, to look back in time and realize how manipulated we've been. Again, that line I showed, your experience being the red line, as the black line is Wall Street profiting from the shorts and going long in the overnight markets. They profit because they know what they're going to do before they do it. They profit from the ups, they profit from the downs, and we the plebs and the serfs, we keep taking our lumps. But I think Bix is right, guys. Use their gains to continue to stack physical silver at these artificially low prices. In fact, maybe the lowest prices in human history for silver. Remember back in the day, a Roman soldier was paid one-tenth of an ounce of silver for a day's labor. And a day's labor back then was probably pretty intense, Bix. What's one-tenth of an ounce of silver today? Oh, two dollars? Um, it just another metric on um, just shows you how undervalued the price of silver is right now because of the price suppression. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, guys. The website is roadtoruta.com. I will leave a link below. Our guest is Ben Bixweir. Thanks, brother. Guys, as usual, a special thanks and a shout out to our subscribe stars and our members at sgtreport.tv. Thanks for keeping us in the fight. And I'll remind you every single day for free, one hundred percent every day for free. Check us out for the real news, the antidote to corporate propaganda at sgtreport.com. May God bless you and yours. Bye bye. How about now not even willing to protect your borders? Or how about willing to send billions and billions of dollars overseas to wars that don't necessarily exist?
I mean, it's wild what's going on right now. Everybody else looks at the, at the United States, I mean, don't even get me started on Canada, and they're just laughing. <laughs>